river's full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snow-capped peaks, the elk call me away. I can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. I'm Welcome back to the Jack West Podcast. What's going on, Bob the Bow Hunter? Not much, buddy. How you doing? Oh man, I am just jolly with sunshine and summer's here. Yeah. yeah. You've been out chasing some Which, elk around, looking at them, right? Whew, yesterday, uh, went out and did some scouting, and it was just one of those kind of magic days where it was just foggy all day and kind of misty and rainy in the summer, and man, there was just elk everywhere i wanted to see them like every spot that i thought there should be one there they were there uh put my eyes on a couple really good bulls a couple real big groups of roosevelt um i'm getting i'm getting pretty fired up for nice. sure i went out today um, took ava we I, use, I don't use a lot of trail cameras but a couple like three years ago i put a couple up in an area and i got a couple pictures of some whopper bulls so I thought, well, I'm going to go back in there, put up a couple. And one spot's only like a couple hundred yards in the road. So we went in there, put up a camera. Well, and, th- and this will be good for people that don't understand what the jungle's like. And The last time I went out of the far one, it's about, it's a little like two and a half miles in there. And I came out to this old clear cut. And it was just perfect. I mean, I, I was able to bob and weave through the brush, and I come up and I hit this old road, and I walked out that old road down. I'm perfect. So that's the way we decided to go in today. And I'm packing her. I'm packing my bow. I had her bow and her quiver for a while. Finally, I dumped that to pick it up later because she was just going for a free ride. And we got to that clear cut, and we start going down into the canyon. And, man, we just hit impenetrable wall of jungle one after another after another and we'd back out and we'd go we'd go side hill and we'd go down and we'd hit it again and we just we could not make it through there and you know i didn't want to drag my four-year-old you know how that is i didn't want to (laughs) i didn't want her to hate life too much so i finally was like well i guess next time we'll have to go in from the other way so we didn't even make it to the good spot but i got four and a half miles of packing probably 60 pounds on my back so that was good got some exercise heck heck yeah elk shape yeah yeah shot my bow a little bit i got some new danner boots yesterday so i wore those they were nice my old zamberlins finally just they were done five or six years of those i was listening to a podcast the other day with that brandon burns the kuyu guy yeah. And he was talking about boots, you know, and I think they run those, uh, what are the ones that they have, the mountaineering ones that they sell? I can't remember what they are, but he was talking about 400 miles. He's like, yeah, you get 400 miles out of a boot. I th- I'm pretty sure that's what he was saying. It's 400 miles. And they're done anyway. And I was thinking, I was like, man, no wonder my boots are toast because, <laughs> you know, you think about it, you, you elk hunt for 30 days and you're, you know, even Nevada last year, I was averaging six to ten miles a day. That adds up pretty quick. You're only going to get a couple of years out of yeah. a pair of boots, and that's just that's just elk yeah. hunting. That's not counting scouting. Yeah. You know, shed hunting, 
stuff like I did today, you know, like, I'm like, no wonder my boots are fried. So anyway, I, I went down to Danner and they're right there close to my work. So I was able to go down there. That's, that's, that's kind of funny. Like I remember my first, like when I was like my first good set of boots, they lasted like four years. And then like my second set of good boots, they lasted like two years, you know? And I'm like, well, what's the deal? These boots are you're not as good. And it's like, I got to thinking about it and I'm like, well, actually no, I'm more into hunting now and I'm putting way more miles on them and I wore them out twice as fast. And I got friends like, Oh, I've had these boots for 10 years. And I'm like, yeah. And you probably haven't even put a hundred miles on them yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just, yeah, it's like, I mean, you think yeah. about it, 400 miles, you think that's a, that's a lot of miles. And, but then yeah. you do the math you're like, man, that's like a year and a half, <laughs> two years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I just, probably, I know Danner's like the best, right. but I got some made in America ones, the old elk hunter specials. And I'm going on a backpack trip here in July with my, uh, my daughter and a buddy of mine from work and his kids. And so I'll be packing her too. And I, I was like, I gotta have some decent boots, so we'll see how. They I do. know another guy who says the same thing. He's like, "Well, I just buy cheap boots, get a get a hundred miles out of them, and buy another pair." Yeah, I I almost did. They had a pair of cheap, you know, China made ones there for seventy five bucks, yeah. and yeah. I was so close to pulling the trigger, but I just I just kept thinking about my grandpa. He he never bought anything that wasn't made in America, and I was like, oh man, I. I I'm at Danner, you know, they got this nice big store. I was like, I got to buy the ones made right here in Portland. So I yes, spent sir. another 180 bucks and bought those. So we're going to, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all in with your grandpa. I agree with him for sure. So yeah, it's hard anymore though. Finding everything oh, in America. Yeah. It's oh, it's so impossible, hard. but yeah. do, I, but I want to do it whenever I can. Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, we got, uh, Elk uh, season coming. I'm actually going to be hunting blacktails. Uh, I think I'm like six weeks out. That's right. Going down to Cali, hunt some early July blacktails. That'll be awesome. Yeah, it's Joaquin. It's going to be super fun. I talked to him this morning, and he's getting me all super excited about it. He's been scouting, and he's got all the plans. Everything worked out. I went and to REI and got myself. Uh, some uh, dehydrated food and a few little ins and outs for the backpacking. So we're actually going to backpack into a wilderness nice. uh, on the Cal Northern California coastline. And then we hunt the blacktails on the coast in the wilderness. Sweet. That'll be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be super fun. So uh, let's, uh, let's give something away, Bob. All right. Well, let's give away $50 gift card the footed shaft from our buddy Terry awesome. so, thank you so much for uh, donating these so. to our podcast and for you guys that want to get entered in these get on the Patreon and get signed up and we already drew the name tell them how tell, well, them, tell them how to how. get on the Patreon okay. yeah, tell, them how, to, tell them how go to our website and just go to the donate page and there's kind of a link of the tiers and everything and if you just click the button That'll shoot you over to Patreon, and you can sign up. We have a $5 a month tier, a $15, and a $30. Um, sign up for those. You get entered in these giveaways automatically. And then also we have some awesome discounts from uh, some great companies. we got Liberty Longbows. 
We got Matt Webb. Matt Webb's bush fest on there. We got some broadheads uh, on big there. Stick tough head, yeah. tough head broadheads. Tough head broadhead. Yeah, we got yeah. all kinds of good yeah. stuff. And guys can get all discounts. kinds of good stuff. So and hey, if you guys sign up, I'm gonna throw some teasers out there. We're gonna be giving away uh, some custom arrows of your choice. We've got uh, Sherwood shafts coming to give away. We got some more uh, bows to give away. T-shirts, hats. Uh, string silencers, anything you can think of traditional archery, we got uh, some stuff uh, accumulating to give away yeah, to all you some, Patreon guys. Yeah, we so. got knives, we got custom calls, you know, we got all kinds of stuff that's piling up, which is awesome. So if you guys are a company yep. out there listening and you're like, eh, these guys are sweet, let's give them some stuff. Just get a hold of us, tradquestpodcast at gmail.com, and uh, that helps us out huge. That's kind of how we're doing this, so. Or you can also just go on patreon.com forward slash tradquest and you'll see it on there. So those are the ways to uh, get involved, support us. You can also go on our website, tradquest.com and buy a t-shirt or a hat. we got those in the store. Um, That helps us out. And and we got a brand new uh, t-shirt and hat available right now and some sweatshirts. Do we have sweatshirts left? Yep. Yep. We got sweatshirts. I know it's summer, but nice hoodies. They got a, they got a big old elk on them for elk season. So. Get in where you fit in with that. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for supporting the podcast. And uh, let's uh, dig up a winner here for this week. All right. We got Daniel Corson. Daniel Corson, you're the man. We appreciate you supporting the podcast. And we're going to be shipping you out a gift certificate from the Footage Chefs. Yep, that's right. All right. Now, who, who do we got on the podcast this week? Well, we, uh, this is kind of a kind of a little different episode for us. It's, it's not just the standard uh, uh, bow hunter on here, um, but this uh, episode is definitely near and dear to our heart. Um, these guys, uh, uh, Chris and Tom, from uh, the Traditional Archers in Nevada, these guys just uh, out of nowhere formed this organization, and um, we are very proud of them for doing so. Yeah, heck yeah, this is uh, that's why we're doing it, spreading the love of traditional archery. Um, if you guys uh, haven't listened to episode 73, I think it was, I had it written down here somewhere, but I lost it already. We had Tom Hubner on, Tom's a heck of a heck of a bow hunter, and uh, he's a heck of a good guy, so we had him on episode 73, and him and his buddy Chris and a few of their other buddies over there in Nevada, they've uh, took it upon themselves to start a club down there since they didn't have one, the Traditional Archers of Nevada. And you guys will hear all about it on the podcast, but uh, go over to traditionalarchersofnevada.com and get signed up. You're going to have some sweet giveaways they're doing to drive membership this year. They're going to be uh, fighting for archers and bow hunters in Nevada, so it's it's awesome. Yeah, and if you guys have... Uh any feedback or want more information from us, feel free to send us a email at tradquestpodcast at gmail.com. Let's uh, go ahead and get to the show. All right. We've got uh, Sir Thomas Hubner on and Chris Jasmine, the founders of Trad Archers of Nevada. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us on again. Yeah, you bet. Uh, 
James and I really excited about what you guys got started down there and how fast you did it. It's part of the reason we're doing this podcast is spreading the love of traditional archery. And, man, it's awesome to see some guys just a state that doesn't have a traditional archery organization just start one. You guys didn't mess around. I know we get a lot of guys calling from other states, too, and wanting to know how to do it. So we'll get into all that and get into all the weeds. But if you guys haven't listened up episode 73 we had tom on already and uh chris maybe you could introduce yourself and just a real brief history of how you and tom got to know each other and your little traditional archery journey sure yeah so yeah my, my name is chris jasmine um, yeah sixth generation nevadan so lived here all my life and very love this state a lot so um i bowing journey kind of started uh, Later in life than some, later than Tom for sure. My my family were always rifle hunters, so I grew up grew up rifle hunting, and I always wanted and kind of dreamed about being a, being an archer. Um, but just you know, my my dad just didn't know a lot about it, and was a, was a diehard mule deer hunter with a rifle. And um, in in uh, 2000 and or excuse me, 1999, he passed away, and I just said, you know, I've always wanted to do this, and I just bought my first bow. Obviously, um, uh, at that point in time, I, I bought a compound, which was. Um, a, a, a much smaller learning curve than the, than the recurve, um, but uh, just just fell in love with it. Fell in love with the shooting. Fell in love with archery hunting, um, and and went along for quite a few years uh, hunting with a compound. Um, and then Tom will give me always gives me a hard time about this, but uh, really I, I didn't break into traditional archery until I met my my now wife. Um, she she grew up um, with a with a dad who is a, a big time traditional bow hunter. Um, and when I met her, she was an archer, but she she shot a shot a trad bow. So um, not long after we started dating, I, she actually bought me my first trad bow, and um, I, I just I absolutely fell in love with uh, with with the, the traditional side of the sport, uh, even more than the compound side of the sport. So uh, that, that was about oh at this point, oh, 15 years ago probably, and I've just. Uh, I've really embraced it. I've gone back and forth a few times and, and picked up the compound on a few hunts, but anymore predominantly just shoot traditional now. So you married into okay. it. You don't hear that very often. I know, right? Yeah, man. Thought... Sounds like you found yourself a keeper, Chris. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, his wife is a straight-up killer, too. Yep, she, she 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 does good. That's for sure. That's for, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I saw a picture of her with a big nevada bull from a few years back right she did yeah she was on on the cover of the Compton traditional Bowlers magazine here two years ago with, uh, with the bull she killed down in down in uh, uh central nevada yep that's awesome she's good yeah yeah she, she, she she's done well for sure i guess peer pressure will do that to you <laughs> <laughs> so how did you and tom uh, meet each other, and and uh, then we'll get on to how you guys started this thing. Yes, yeah. So it's actually kind of interesting. Uh, so I, I actually um, have, have known Tom's brother for all, I don't know a few more years than I've known Tom. Um, just uh, uh, Tom's uh, brother and his uh, sister-in-law are both in the, in the same kind of wildlife uh, ecology biology field that I'm in. Um, so so met them and uh, Derek, uh, Tom's brother, and I kind of hit it off, and we started bowling together quite a bit. I mean, at the time, uh, uh, Tom lived a, a, a few towns over, which in, in, in Nevada typically means about two-plus hours. Um, so didn't didn't really get to know each other very well. Uh, one year, uh, we both ended up with the same deer tag, 
And uh, so we decided, well, heck, let's, let's try, to, try to hook up and go hunting. And just uh, like two peas in a pod, and it's uh, kind of rest of history, I guess. That's awesome, yep. man. Nevada, that, everything, I, everything's spread out in Nevada. You, yeah, one no. mountain range to the next is like 30 miles of crappy gravel roads. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So... What made you guys um, want to start a traditional organization in Nevada? And was there a history? Has there ever been one in Nevada? Yeah, so um, I, I believe years ago there, there there was a traditional organization, but it's just been been a long time. Um, I've, I've tried to piece together some of that history, but just haven't haven't really come up with anything solid on it. Um, so it's been, I mean, we're talking 25, 30 plus years since there's been anything that's been uh, um, straight. Uh, traditional slanted organization here um, and you know really we, we've all been involved in, in different voting organizations here at the state level for for, for years in, in Nevada both local clubs as well as our, our state organization but there just hasn't really ever been anything to really promote uh, traditional archery and one of the things that, that we've really seen in the last couple of years is just how many guys are starting to get into traditional archery right it seems like every time you go to your local club range you see some random guy, you know, sneaking through the tree, shooting a trad bow, and you're like, who in the heck is that guy? So it, it, it was becoming obvious that there's a, a lot of guys out there that are wanting to dabble. They're wanting to kind of get their get their feet wet. Um, yet there's not an organization here that was really catering to them or, or even a network where we could, could better kind of connect and help each other out. As, as you guys know, the, the learning curve can be kind of steep with traditional archery, especially if you're just, you know, dropping a compound and, picking it up, trying to figure it out, and uh, figure, you know, getting a state organization in place would be a, be a great way to, to give an outlet to any of those guys that are, are uh, you know, really wanting to take the jump or, or even already have done it, but just are doing it on their own and don't have anybody to shoot with. Yeah. Absolutely. I, being out. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was saying, yeah, being able to have that statewide organization and, and get the, you know, some mentoring uh, started uh, amongst newbies, and yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome thing you guys are doing for sure. Yeah, and it, 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 it's been really interesting, you know. I mean, since even just since we, we started the Instagram page, um, you know, there there have been a, a ton of guys that have reached out to us. Um, you know, that, that just kind of you know instant message you, direct message you on Instagram, and are being like, hey, would would you mind taking a look at my shooting, or hey, would you have any ideas of somebody that might be able to help me out in my area? So it's, it's been really it's been really encouraging to see that, that just like just like we envision that there are um, these guys out there that are wanting to take the leap. They just don't don't know where to start and uh, are really willing to, to to reach out and, and hopefully get some help. Yeah, and, and, and even and that, now that it seems like most of the archery shops, unless you're close to Rocky Mountain Specialty Gear or something like that, which most of us aren't, it's hard to go into an archery shop and get any information anymore. Most most shops don't even have tr- traditional stuff, you know. Right, right. And one of the challenges that we have, particularly in Nevada, is the state is so big and so um, spread out. Of course, it, it is hard to find folks that, that shoot trad gear and can really help you out, you know. And just like Chris said, I, I didn't live that far away, and it was like a two-and-a-half-hour drive from here, so... Um, that is one of the challenges that we have. We're trying to, you know, through through this organization, kind of shrink that so people can meet up in different places, you know, throughout the state. 
Yeah, so maybe maybe for some of our listeners that are interested in starting their own organization in their own state, maybe you could kind of go through the process. I know, you know, don't bore us with too many of the details, but uh, how you guys got started and, you know, the steps you took to make it a a real thing and, and all that stuff. And, and yeah, they fired sure. it up awfully quick, right? I, I mean, yeah. it seemed like it happened pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of really dedicated to take the plunge in, what was it, March? We were coming back from a trash, or a 3D shoot, and we were driving in my truck, and we just sort of t- took a boat, and we decided we were really going to do this. Yeah. So, Yeah, so, I mean, it, 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 and again, you know, we, we had talked about this for, for about, I don't know, about a year and a half, and it was always just kind of that, that you know, as you're shooting around at the range or having, having a beer, and we're like, oh, we should do this, we should do this. Um, but then, like Tom said, in, in March, it was just we there was there was um, three of us or four of us in the truck that day driving back, and we said, no, let's just do this. Like we've talked about it for this long, you know, it, it can't be that that difficult. Let's just jump in and do this thing. And and, and really, I, I I look at it just like probably lots of lots of us and our journeys in archery, right? Like lots of us didn't, you know, always grow up in an archery family. It just one day we went, you know, I want to do this thing, and you just buy a bow and you just figure out how to how to do all the stuff, and that's that's kind of how this organization started. And again, like Tom said in March, that was kind of that that break point where we're just like, you know what, let's just let's just make this happen. Um, you know, and it's it's not that hard. I mean, I, I, for anybody out there that you know is thinking about doing it in their own state. Um, you know, Tom and I and, and Cody and our other Tom, our four main board members, we're just normal dudes that work normal jobs. It's not like we have any special talents to get this done. It's just just a, a little bit of work and the dedication to see it through. Um, you know, really the, the first step, obviously, is, is I guess finding that, that group of core people that you, you really know you can count on just because, um, you don't want to get out in, in the middle of setting up something like this just to find out that the, the people you thought were going to help, you know, are, are, are flakes. So I think that's probably the most important is just to find a small group of three or four guys um, that, that really believe in what uh, you're trying to do and are, are going to be there to see it through. So that's probably the most important. And then after that, it's just kind of getting getting some bylaws down on paper, right? Just, okay, what is this organization? You know, what is our, what is our mission? What, what do we want to accomplish? Um, how do we want to run the, the organization? How do we want to have meetings? How many board members do we want to have? A lot of that boring stuff. That, but it's probably the most time-consuming was, was typing up and coming up with bylaws. And then after that, it's just really just going through uh, your your state or state um, secretary of state in, in Nevada. I would assume it's the same in, in, in many states. And uh, you know, most of them have pretty good tutorials on their on their web pages about what you have to fill out to start a nonprofit and. Just filling out those forms, submitting them, making uh, sure you don't misspell your name on the form. <laughs> well, you know, there are things that'll slow you up along the way. <laughs> yeah, we we we, we had one little oops where I, I may have misspelled my own name on the uh, articles from corporation when I sent them to the state, and they yeah. had a problem with that. I think he did that twice, actually. Leave <laughs> <laughs> uh, it to Tom to throw me under the bus already. <laughs> But uh, anyway, w- once you get that stuff uh, sorted out, um, it, it, it's actually really quick and easy to, to get a tax ID number with, with the IRS, which is what you'll need to set up a bank account. And uh, so once you have that and you have you filed your articles of incorporation with the state, um, really you're, you're open for business. Um, um, you know, there's, there's a few other steps and things that we'll be, be working through that it will take a bit more time on the back end, you know, as we, as we move forward and if we ever have any events or shoots. 
Um, obviously, we'll have to get our, all of our insurance in place um, just to, to make sure that, that we're covered and prevent some weird thing happening. Um, and then also during this first year, we'll work on getting you have to work on getting your tax um, exempt status set up with the IRS, and that, that that one takes probably the longest in all of it. And uh, and we'll, we'll work on that here throughout the next uh, portion of the year. So so setting up the 501c3 right, the nonprofit that's through the state. Yep. But the no, that was that was through the IRS, and and, okay. and that's the one that that'll take the the, the most time um, okay. here once we get off the ground and get going. Yeah, yeah. So the, the 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 way I look at it, the the state is the state is always willing to to take your take your money and incorporate you in their state. Um, that's 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 the easy part, and then that's the, basically where we're at right now. Um, and you know, worst case, if you if an organization is starting and they can't get that that C three status in that first year, you would just have to pay taxes on anything that came in. Um, but but again, it's just a process. And I've talked to several other clubs that have been through it, um, and it it's, it takes some time, but it's, it doesn't sound like it's it's that big of a deal. You just have to make sure all your ducks in a, are in a row and make sure that the, the IRS has all the details that they need so they can process it in in the in the right amount of time. And and I'm actually really happy that Chris took on most of this. Chris is pretty motivated when it came to looking up this stuff, and he's been involved in several other organizations, um, our local club, our local archery club, and then also uh, Nevada Bighorns and some other some other organizations. So he had a really good idea of where to start because I was looking at it like I don't even know where to start. So Chris really really ran that down he, he did a really good job of getting that off the ground and get it running yeah it yeah. seemed like but, tom texted me and then i told james like yeah these guys are gonna start and then like a week later you're like yep got the website going like my goodness i was i was impressed i was like wow yeah and and again all that stuff i mean it's it just like i said it's just jumping in i've i've never done a web page before but any any more uh, i mean with the with the apps and stuff that are out there, it's not that hard. You just get on and you kind of fumble your way through the first page you build, and then the, the next page it's a little bit easier. And by the time you get to the third one, it's like okay, I I, I got this. Again, we're not we're not tech savvy guys. I I don't work in IT, and um, I mean if if we were able to figure it out, I think anybody could figure it out pretty pretty quick. Um, the the only other thing in in all of this too is, is you know for guys that are wanting to start a, a state organization is you, you do have to expect for that first little bit um, that the, that core group of guys are going to have some out of pocket expenses like just like starting a business right there's going to be things you, you, you got to pay for that web page you got to pay the secretary of state you got to pay to get some of these things off the ground yeah. and so you know for that core group of guys you, you know, just uh, just just be prepared for that as they start that. Um, and it's a, a bit scary, but it's not, it's not a lot of money. Um, it's no more than buying a, a, a custom bow for sure. Um, but there, there's going to be some of that out of pocket as you first start get going. Um, but again, I, I think it's all worth it. And it's, it's not that big of a deal as long as you go into it, knowing that's going to be the case. So. And we're, we're just at the stage where we can start taking membership here soon. We got our bank account set up. We need to link it to the website and we should be good by the time this episode gets aired we should be taking members so people can go right to the website and look at it and say hey this is cool this is something i want to be involved in and they can they can sign up and pay their dues and that's uh tradarchersofnevada.com it's actually tr- traditionalarchersofnevada.com traditionalarchersofnevada.com awesome. yes sir and and even you know i know 
we are trying to get guys from our organization to you don't have to be a Nevada resident. I mean, obviously your local club is good, but I buy, I bought a Nevada hunting license every year since I turned 18. (laughs) So, you know, that's $150. I don't know what your guys' membership is going to be, but I mean, if you're, if you're hunting multiple States, I mean, join the local club in that state and try to help them make a difference. You know, I mean, that's, that's the least we can do, you know? Yep. Yep, I agree, and you know, I'll let me take that that one step farther too. You know, we, we, I'm a strong believer in in you know all of the all of the archery organizations um, that that are helping support our rights in, in the states we live in as well as, as nationally. So you know, I mean, even if you're just a trad guy, that's all you shoot. You know, so so, so join your your state traditional organization, but but also you know join your join your state bowling organization. Um, I mean, the, the, those guys really do, do do a lot of fighting for us to keep our season, to keep our tag numbers up. And then even even one up from that, you know, uh, great organizations like Compton's Traditional Bow Hunters, you know, they they're, are, are trying to perpetuate what we all love on the national level. And, and again, you know, so if you join all three of those, your local trad, your your uh, state organization and Compton, I mean, you're out, what, 150 bucks, 120 bucks. It's, it's not a lot of money. And, I mean, all those organizations are, are really trying their hardest. To, to make sure that we can keep doing what we love um, long into the future. For sure, definitely. So what is Absolutely. what are some of your guys' goals besides the the uh, banquet at the Bunny Ranch next year? What what else do you guys got that you're uh, <laughs> going to try to accomplish, let's say, in the next year or so? Uh, it's not quite official yet that we're having a banquet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to announce we'll that for everybody. We'll have to with our wives and stuff like that. They may not like that idea, <laughs> It sounds you know, good on paper, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in theory, it's a good idea. But uh, um, no, we've we've got a, a couple of things that we we would really like to see to get off the ground here in these first couple of years. Um, you know, the the, the first and, and and Tom always gives me a hard time. So so Tom is the is the the diehard bow hunter who also likes to shoot 3Ds. I'm the diehard 3D guy who also loves to hunt. So um, you. Years ago here in Nevada, um, we used to have a, a shoot called the Traditional Sagebrush Classic that was a traditional-only shoot. Um, I, I actually started it years ago when I was with the Nevada Bowhunters Association. And uh, it, it went on for about five years, um, and we had, we had good but not great participation. Um, and a- after a while, um, it, it just, just kind of kind of fluttered out. It just, it just wasn't being run all that well at the time, and it kind of went away. So we, we, we would really love to see – some way for us to, to, to get a, a 3D shoot um, and it being a traditional only shoot back in the, in the state. Um, I, I just think there, again, there's so many guys getting into it and, you know, so many of them are coming from a, a compound and probably a 3D world that, that having an outlet where they can come and, and not feel out of place showing up with their trash, but just to come and shoot and hang out and, and try to pick some things up for some guys, I think would be a, would be a really good way to, to build our membership and also just kind of build some momentum for, for trash bow shooting here in Nevada. Yeah. Um, you know, also too, we're we're as we kind of touched on, I guess, with you know supporting not not only us but also state organizations and national organizations. Um, you know, there's there we really want to be another voice for for just bow hunting in general in the state. You know, there, there's always things that come up in, in regulation changes and they go in front of the game commission that, that threaten not only trad, traditional archery but also just bow hunting in general. So you know, b- being able to have have members around the state that can show up to county game board meetings, 
show up to commission meetings and uh, you know kind of fight for those those uh, values that, that we all hold dear, uh, whether we shoot a treadmill or, or a compound, really, um, is is definitely something that, that is on our docket. Um, but then at the same time, too, you know, we, we have really been watching some of the other states, um, like Oregon, that have traditional only seasons. And that's something that uh, we, we are 100% going to, going to explore um, and see how um, we can come up with a, with a you know, kind of uh, a good way of getting a traditional um, only um, set of tags here in Nevada. Um, we don't have um, all the details that we're, we're ready to release yet on that, but we're, we're well down the road of working on what that could look like. Um, and, and one of the things that, that we want to really make sure we do as we work through that process is just make sure that we're not taking tags away from um, the, the, the general archery seasons because we, we, we want to make more opportunity, not take opportunity away from, our, from everyone. And we're, we're working right. on some really, really creative ways that we think we, we could pull it off and make it happen that um, gives more hunter opportunity in the field um, and is, is, a, is a biologically sound um, solution as well. Yeah, and that's going to be, take working with the state organization and the the CABs. We have these county advisory boards um, in each each area, and working with the commissions. So it, it's really just going to be working with those other groups to try to figure out what we can do to increase traditional bow hunting opportunities in the state. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think that's... that it's and I think it's important to, to point out in that process. Uh, to your uh, state that I like, kind of like, you know, build it, they will come. Um, I, I think that I, I would love to go hunt out of state. And if I hear there's a traditional season somewhere, that makes it that much more tempting uh, for me to want to follow through and do that. So um, I think that that's, you know, an angle we're working here in Oregon as well as, you know, making a uh, opportunity for non-residents to uh, come and hunt, um, and have a low impact on the wildlife and, and uh, have an opportunity to get a tag. And, and, and I mean, a, a, a great example just to bring that point home. Um, so, so, so Tom and I this year are planning on coming up and, and up in the Trout Creeks in that traditional only unit. And what was crazy was is we started talking with a bunch of the trash shooters here in Nevada. And I think we've decided now that there are eight different guys that we know alone from Nevada that are planning on going up there for that hunt. So, um, you know, we, we, we sure as out-of-staters appreciate that opportunity and as trad bow hunters, we definitely appreciate that opportunity. Um, and yeah, I think you're exactly right. If we can help sell that, um, to the advisory boards, to the commission that, you know, this, this is a great way to encourage out-of-staters that, that, uh, may not be putting in, may not be building points, but they said they want to come and, and have an opportunity in the state. It just, it creates more opportunity. And, uh, I mean, really that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And that you guys need to get all those eight guys and make sure that they uh, write letters to our commission because they're trying to limit that to 300 tags, which is no big deal because it's, you know, it's undersold first round. So there's not even 300 people that hunt it. But where it will affect is you guys, the non-residents. Oregon has a 2.5%, you know, cap on non-resident tags. So that could hurt you know down the road so um, only yeah, four or five be... of the eight would have the tag right yeah, yeah. so that's yeah, stuff and we're and working and on right and now we're and we're hoping we're hoping to, to make that a general season traditional hunt that's the flip side of what we're hoping to uh to do instead of making that a controlled cap 
right? Yeah. No, yes. I think that'd be really and, awesome. And and I would love to come to Nevada and hunt mule deer in August before my hunt starts in September. <laughs> there so you go. I, yeah. I know I've talked I've talked with Tom a little bit, of, you know, well, quite a bit about all the stuff you guys got going on, and but just the way, you know, the way Tom was explaining how just all the archery tags in Nevada, no matter what, like you said, and this is where we all need to get together with our state organizations, you know, trad or not. You know, the way they allocate tags in Nevada to archery hunters, the way they decide in each unit how many tags they're going to give to an archery hunter is crazy to right. me. I mean, it's it's super complicated, and, and for, you know, a lot of our guys listening back east, they probably won't understand this because it takes a Ph.D. now to apply for tags in every state. But the way Nevada right. does it, you have five hunt choices and all five of your choices are looked at before they go to the next applicant. Whereas a lot of states like Oregon, you're, you're for, you have multiple choices, but really your first choice is the only one that matters. Some states do two. Some states do three. Maybe you guys could kind of explain how that works in Nevada and how they decide how many archery tags they're going to give per unit. Yeah. Yeah, so so you you explained it pretty well for the first step. So, yeah, so in in Nevada, um, you know, every everybody that goes into the most used mule deer, for example, everyone that goes into the, the, the mule deer draw gets issued a, you know, one, well, a, a slew of numbers based on the number of bonus points you have. And whatever your best number is, is is your number going into that draw. So when your number comes up, you're exactly right. They look at your first choice. If there's tags, they give it to you. If not, second. If not, the third. If not, the fourth. If not, then down to the fifth. So so you, you get to have a shot at all, all of your choices um, before the, the next number in the pot comes up. Um, and that's, you know, that in and of itself is, is not necessarily um, right, wrong, or indifferent. It just, it just is what it is. But, but when you start looking at how they allocate the number of archery tags for for a unit, that's where it starts getting getting a little bit screwy. So they they, they use a formula they call demand success, and and I don't have uh, in my mind right now all the details of how the formula is actually calculated. But basically, the way that it works is it only looks at the first choice applicants. So so for example, if a, if a guy was to apply for um, five rifle four rifle choices and one archery choice it would only show in for actual tag demand that his first choice is what the demand is so it's so what you end up with is is a lot of guys that apply for rifle 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 and then you know an archery choice or two at the end or or even just one rifle tag yeah. and then the other oh, four right. are archery That's right and so so what happens is, is is then when the biologists say okay in, in, in unit uh one one one. There's you know 600 tags. They then look at well, how many people put unit one 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 as their first choice, and what was their weapon choice as that first choice. So it what it does is it is it greatly inflates. It, it shouldn't inflate, but it, it skews the numbers to look like there's more of a demand for rifle tags because guys are more likely to put rifle as their first choice, and then guys like us that only put archery choices. Um, you know, we're, we're a smaller minority, so it shows a much smaller demand for archery tags in that unit, and therefore the archery quota is adjusted based on the demand. So, um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of talk for, for quite a few years that it's just something that needs to be reevaluated in, in, in Nevada, and, you know, this is just, just one of many of those things that, uh, you know, organizations like uh, us, as well as our state voting organization, 
um, you know, should be really starting to talk to talk with our uh, county game boards, talk with our commissioners, um, to start coming up with a different way of doing it so that it truly shows, you know, what is the demand? How many guys truly are putting in for archery for this unit, not just how many are putting first choice archery for this unit? Yeah. And that's, that's where you get some of these really high quality hunting areas. People look and say, man, I'd really like to hunt rifle deer in, I don't know, whatever unit that's got some really, really good hunting in it. So they'll put in rifle deer that as their first choice. Now they may not have any preference point or bonus points here and their odds of drawing it are very small, but there's still a chance. So they put it down first and then they say, well, I'd like to bow hunt it too. So they put in bow and then they might put in archery for some other easier to draw areas, but they're rifle hunters. They're counted as a rifle hunter in the demand index. And that's a problem that we're going to definitely start to try to address. And okay, so, so then, so so the first choice is a rifle, then that's basically the statistic in your state is this is a rifle hunter and we they want rifle hunts. That's correct. Yep, that's correct. Yep. And so and that dictates you, more rifle hunts. Yeah, that means they'll give of the how however many deer they want to kill in that unit to, for the biological reasons. When they go to divvy up the tags, they say, well, there's a lot more demand in this area for rifle hunters and bow hunters, and it skews that. Yeah. And, and and what it also does, too, is because the, the success, which is the other part of that formula, is so much higher with, with the rifle hunts, is overall in the unit, the, the total number of tags will decrease, um, right? So if, if, if bow hunting success is 25% and rifle hunting success is 75%, um, and they only want to kill 100 deer, they're going to give a lot less rifle, a lot less tags overall because more of them are rifle tags. Um, to have the same amount of harvest in the unit. So hope I explained that clear enough. It's, it, it gets convoluted at, at best. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty complicated. No, no, that was awesome. That's a, it's, I mean, I didn't even know that. I had no idea. And it's, that's something if you could change that, I mean, there's a, there's a chance you could get not just, you know, traditional, just archery tags. You know, some of those units, I wouldn't doubt if it was, you know, depending on how they figure their demand index, but, I mean, you could get 20, 30% more deer tags in some of those units, I would think, you know, because I know, you know, today's day and age, a lot of guys will be like, oh, they just throw a dream hunt or two at the beginning, which, you know, might be the, you know, hard, hardest to draw rifle tag, you know, yep. in the state. And then they're like, but I want to go hunting, so I'm going to bow hunt, you know, the put bow choices down for the rest. Whereas yep. if they only had one choice, a lot, some of those guys would just put a bow choice because they'd want to draw, you know, so that could make a yeah. big difference in archery tags all around, you know. It could. Oh, yeah. yeah, and and back how long ago, maybe 10 years ago, they had it to where you couldn't mix weapon types. Right, so, yeah, the, for, for, for years and years in, in Nevada, you had to, what they, they call it, choose your weapon. So if you wanted to hunt rifle, all five of your choices had to be rifle. If you wanted to hunt with a bow, all five of your choices had to be with a bow. And I, I like to think of those days as the good old days of bow hunting because there were there were always a ton of bow, bow tags you would draw draw an archery tag every single year. There would typically be be leftover tags in quite a few units. So if you if you wanted to, to try to draw a rifle tag, you could put in five rifle choices. If you didn't draw, there were typically enough leftover leftover archery deer tags that you could put in the second draw and draw one of those. So um, 
I don't I don't necessarily know if, if if that's the solution to go back to or if it's just to to, to rework the demand success formula the, the way that it looks at you know just the first choice currently. Um, but uh, there's there's definitely some work there that could be done that would benefit all archers, um, not just traditional archers. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, you guys are definitely uh, going to make a difference. I can tell it's going to be awesome. So, and I know Nevada. Yeah. Nevada seems like one of those states that, I mean, they Oregon. We have such we have a lot of issues here in Oregon. I'm sure you guys know, but Nevada cares about their wildlife. They they don't mind making decisions that might you know might hurt somebody's feelings or might upset somebody. I mean, I I don't know if you guys are trail camera guys or not. I mean, I I put one up today, so I guess I'm a I'm a not a trad guy today. But uh, I love how they just decided. Last year, I think it was last year, the year before, right? They just like nope, no trail cameras from August first to the end of December. They just did it. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's one of the good things about the state of Nevada is because it's all run through the commission. So you basically the county advisory boards and the commissions is what really drives changes. So it doesn't need to go through the legislature which is really a big benefit. You know, trying to get things moved through a, a legislative session is much more complicated. And in Nevada, yeah. we, we don't have that. That's right. And that's that's the way Wyoming, Wyoming's got to go through legislative to change anything, which, oh, that's a nightmare. We we at least have the commission and all that. But, I mean, the, the trail camera thing, I, I'll touch on that a little bit, but... I mean, I'm all for regu- you know, regulations on technology that are going to give us more opportunity. And I, I use trail cameras here and there. I'm not a big trail camera guy, you know, whatever. I went and put a, put one up today, but uh, just kind of for fun. But and I know a lot of guys are totally into. A lot of track guys are really into them. Um, but just in that unit that I hunted last year, Tom, you know where I was. You told me where to go, <laughs> and. And I know that it saved, I look at it as like, it saved a lot of elk lives last year. Because those water tanks, by after the first week, there wasn't anybody sitting on them. And it's because they would sit there and they didn't see anything for four or five days. And when you don't have a camera there telling you, well, there's this bull coming in right after dark every night. I'm going to keep sitting there. He's going to come in eventually. They just lose patience and they leave. I mean, I saw it happen there, and and I just look at that as more elk to hunt the next year. You know. Yeah, like I I I went and checked the camera yesterday, and I own a couple, and I put them out and play with them, but I'd give them up in a heartbeat if that if that was a we could level the playing field. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you know. So many of these these rules and and, and the, the the trail camera rule is a is a great example of it. You know, it's, it's just like like most things in life. You know, it's the, the majority of us don't use it. We, you know, have one or two trail cameras. We use them occasionally, or maybe some seasons we don't use them at all. Um, but you know, it, it was the guys that were running fifty trail cameras. You know, in a circuit that would take them you know a week to check the dang things that that, that really ruined it. Or, or or some of the trophy units where you, you'd have you know ten, twelve cameras on one spring that. that kind of kind of ruined it for, for everybody else and 
you know, I, I, I have mixed emotions both ways because, again, at times I'll, I'll run over the kid. The kids love, you know, checking cameras and looking at the photos and see what you, cool things you catch on them. But at the same time, too, you know, if you're being abused, it's it, 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 so why I'll just kind of balance the seasons better than, you know, I, whatever, I'll follow, I'll follow the rules, whatever they are. And, it, it's got to be tougher. It's got to be tougher right in the desert, Bob. Like, like in the, where I live, the cameras, I mean, you can kind of learn some stuff in this jungle, but you you don't run around seeing other people's cameras and stuff. But, like, in, it seems like in the desert, it would be, like, kind of like they're, they're going to put them on water. So every time you go to water, there's cameras. I mean, is that how it is? Or Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, um, you can you, – there's some units you can, you can do okay setting them off of water. Um, but, you know, in, in Nevada, it, it's not like some states where you can use, you know, salt or bait to, to set them up and, you know, salt, set, up a, set up a salt lick. Um, so the majority of them are all on either springs or guzzlers um, or, or stock water tanks. Um, and, and, and really in the in the northern part and, and northeastern part of the state it isn't really where the issue became. Um, you know, they're, 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 there's enough water spread out that there might be two maybe three cameras on like a guzzler. But when you get down into the into the more desert units, which are some of our trophy mule deer units, um and, and water really is the, the limiting factor, um, that's where those guys were were using and still are up until up until that August first shut up, um, we're using a, a ton of cameras. So Yeah, the, some of those guides I've heard of run hundreds of them. So Yeah, interesting. Like I said, it's just I thought it was kind of cool how Nevada was just like, yeah, this is getting out of hand. We're just going to do it. I know Arizona kind of tried. They they were doing some work, but they made it super complicated. Like it couldn't be within a quarter mile of water and only if you're hunting and blah, 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 blah. And it, and it didn't go through. I know, I think the same year Nevada did it. So I'm sure that'll come back around and, and, uh, we'll yeah, the other, there. other big, other big change we've had here in Nevada just over the last year or so was uh, you know they, they instituted our shed antler season and and again it's the same kind of a same kind of a thing that I was talking about with uh, with trail cameras right the ninety percent ninety five percent of guys uh, were were causing problems weren't weren't abusing uh, the, the resource we had and that, that small handful that um, you know was out there super early was out there chasing animals or doing things they, that they knew they shouldn't have been doing were the ones that really forced that, you know, forced the, the department to come up with a solution. You know, guys were complaining, guys were saying there were problems out there. So, um, you know, they, they, they worked and came up with what they thought was uh, the best solution at the time. And um, is it perfect? No. Um, does it does, does it help? Maybe. Um, and, uh, but again, it's just, it's always that, that small minority of, of hunters that uh, mess it up for the rest. It's, and what, isn't that on all like, the counties, basically the counties that border Utah? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, so, so, so really, I, I think the counties that got put into that, um, are, is, is more of a biological decision. So the, the counties where that is are typically the counties that pack quite a bit more snow on the winter ranges. Um, so, so some of the, some of the, the, the more southern counties, um, don't have as much snow. Um, but yeah, they're definitely in eastern Nevada are the counties that got shut down. Awesome. Awesome. Well, look forward to what you guys got going on in Nevada. Um, I know you guys were just at the Colorado shoot. Sounded like the weather was dreamy up there. How'd that weekend go? 
Oh, it was great. Nothing but blue skies, sunshine. <laughs> I think I got a little bit of snow burn. Speaking of snowpack. And <laughs> uh, it was cold, snowy, but it's sort of a mess. But we still had fun. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Is that? Have you guys been to that shoot before? Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I think I've been. I don't know, probably six times or so. Um, um, was that, with, with my family, it's, it's just a great time. And we, we were actually talking about how every time we've been there, the weather has just been just perfect. So it was it was, it was due for for a little curveball to be thrown in there and some nasty weather. So I mean, I I, I really felt for for the the Colorado Traditional Archery Society. I mean, they. Those guys, you know, work their butts off setting that thing up, and they're just, they have so much stuff going on at that shoot. And then, you know, when when, when the weather hit, I think a lot of people didn't show up to begin with because they saw the weather report, and then, obviously, as the weather got worse and worse, people started packing up and leaving. I really felt for, for, for my buddy Scott Harder over there, because um, you know, those guys worked their tail off to put on just, just the best, in my opinion, best traditional shoot there is. But, I mean, we still have fun. We got to visit with a lot of good friends. And, um, still got to shoot some arrows in the rain. And it, was, it was a good time. What's the turnout generally? So, I, I think over the course of the weekend, I, I believe I've heard numbers somewhere in, like, the 500-plus and maybe even approaching 600. So, um, they don't – and I think that's, like, everybody that shows up over the weekend. Not everybody camps, but I bet there's – it's got to be 300 people oh, yeah. more that are camped there yeah, um, a lot on, a, on a normal year. So it's 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 huge. It's a it's a good time. Awesome. We're gonna have to hit that one up one of these years, Bob. Yeah. Are you are you, you lifting know, we, weights or something over there, James? It sounds like you're struggling. <laughs> I, I no. I I just uh, opened up a uh, box with a uh, brand new Reinhardt little miniature elk target, and I'm okay. just getting ready to set it up. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Sorry for the audio and, quality, everybody. James was. Yeah. Is that one of the? Is that one of the little it, elk targets? It says it looks like. Yeah. It, it's yeah. sixty yards. It's a thirty-yard shot or something. It, a twenty-yard shot. Yeah. Is it, says it right on the box. Yeah. Perfect. Even though nobody shoots that far, right? Right. Anyway. And you know, the Colorado traditional archers—they've got a really big turnout. I mean, they've got a really big. Um, group there and we'd really like to grow this into something similar to that you know there's not as many people in Nevada but I really do think that there's the potential here to really have a very robust group of guys involved in this and I think we could probably eventually get to the point where we're putting on a big shoot like that and it would just be a good time that's kind of one of the things we would like to to achieve in addition to you know just promoting traditional archery, traditional archery hunting. Yeah, I mean, you guys got a good setup because, like I said, you could have the banquet. I mean, you got to go Reno or Vegas, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that yeah. gives all of us an excuse to go to yeah. Vegas. Like, yeah. All right, well, the, we got to go. The, the, We're taking the wives. We got to yeah. go to the banquet, honey. We're going to Vegas. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, see, I would Do the wife get to go on the. It has everything that Vegas what? has. It's a smaller scale. That's right. What Reno does? No, Elko. Elko. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just a lot easier. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so, guys. I don't think Elko's going to draw quite as many guys. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you, you uh. Right 
And and that's kind of one of the things, one of the challenges that we have too is is we really don't want to be the traditional archers of Elko. <laughs> so we've we've reached out to several different folks throughout the state, and, and we've we've got you know Kyle, yep. Kyle McPartman, and um, he's a Reno guy. He's on the board, and um, some other people spread throughout the state. So you know we're trying to spread this not just in Elko but kind of everywhere, right? It could be. What about like traditional but, archers of Winnemucca? That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't have the same ring to it. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! So when's the when's the big bunny hunt? Big bunny hunt. We could do a big bunny hunt anytime. Bob said something about the bunny house and the banquet. I was wondering when the bunny. <laughs> house. Oh, that kind of bunny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's good. Awesome. Well, that's oh, so yeah. awesome, I mean, uh, Nevada is a spread out state. I mean, you got guys down south of Vegas to up, you know, up towards Winnemucca. That's a, that is a kind of an issue. There's, and the problem with Nevada is you got Las Vegas. It's a long ways from Reno. There's nothing kind of in the middle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, definitely Reno and Vegas are the, are the big, are the big population centers. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's towns along the way, but you know, a, a, a big town along the way as you traverse anywhere in Nevada is, you know, 10, 20,000 people. That's a, that's a big place. So, um, we, you know, we're, we are, are, are also spread out. And, um, and I think, you know, as we, as we talked earlier, um, you know, we were just talking about kind of mentoring and mentorships, you know, that's one of the things that if you guys get on our, on our webpage, um, that we that we really wanted because we are so geographically isolated, um, but but yet you know guys like Tom and I we know archers in every one of these towns around the state that um, are, are good guys and are willing to help. Um, so w- w- what we're trying to do is establish a mentorship program where guys can actually just reach out and and, and submit their information on our webpage and we'll actually help them find other trad guys that are in their area. Um, they're they're willing to kind of help somebody out that wants to just get started, or somebody that's been you know somebody that's been shooting for you know five ten years that's just struggling, or just just wants to to meet some other guys in their area that have the same interests as them. So um, again, we 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 realize that 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 uh, that geographic isolation um, was actually really an opportunity to to help us kind of hook guys up so that they can um, you know enjoy shooting. We, we we've got a group here. Of, I don't know what we got now, about seven guys um, that, that shoot every single uh, uh, weekend during the winter months. So we just meet up at the, at the local club range and just fling some arrows. And um, it, 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 it really helps all of us develop as archers. Plus, it's just, just, just fun, right? I mean, who doesn't love flinging arrows and cracking jokes and giving each other a hard time, right? <laughs> For sure. So what do you, what do you guys got planned besides uh, sneak it up to Oregon and try to get some of our deer this year? <laughs> well, we we drew Chris and his wife and I drew a cow elk tag here in Nevada. So August first, we're going to be hunting cow elk. Nice. Um, yeah, and then I drew uh, a buck deer tag in the same unit I shot that deer last year. So I'm looking forward to finding his brother. Hopefully, he's just as blind and and doesn't smell very good. Everything else, um, and then um, I've got a very unique situation where I can take a significant chunk of time off in September. So 
So I think I'm going to head up to Idaho and hunt elk and deer up in Idaho. And Chris, you might come along too, right? Yeah, yeah. Hoping it's just still trying to work, finalize the work schedule to pull that one off. But yeah, just uh, I wasn't lucky like Tom and didn't didn't draw archery deer this year in, in Nevada. I, Tom and I have a have a different strategy in in Nevada on on deer tags. So so Tom's strategy is is to put in for for tags that he knows he can draw. Um, and 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 mine is my my wife and I just just love this one unit. And uh, it's it's not the easiest archery draw because of that same demand success thing we were talking about earlier. They just they give hundreds of rifle tags and just very few archery deer tags. Um, so uh, I I uh, I guess my better judgment. I only had one bonus point and I put in for that again, just praying that we draw it and we didn't draw it. So no no archery deer for me in Nevada this year, unfortunately. But um, hopefully can swing that uh, that elk hunt in Idaho with Tom and um, between those. Between Nevada cow, uh, Idaho deer, and, and that one, that'll, that'll be, be a good little chunk of my vacation that'll be burned up. So hopefully those three will happen. And or. And that's a busy Oh, yeah. Or, sorry. How about you guys? You guys uh, draw anything great this year? No, I didn't. I didn't draw anything. Mm. James didn't really either. So uh, Nothing great. I got yeah, a, you might... an extra black tail tag that took me a couple points, but that's that. Yeah, you, you guys see creek. us sneaking Watch around out. the trout creeks, following you guys around, spooking your bucks and stuff, so you never know. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, yeah, if you, if you go up there, give us a call. Yeah, let us know. That, that, that'd be fun to meet up down there. And yeah. Else. If you see uh, some doe ball on the skyline, that's probably me or James, probably. <laughs> yeah, if you see us, yeah, if you see us uh, we're worth the deer or not, so that's guaranteed. <laughs> You're in the wrong spot. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, did, uh, the wife gave you permission, Tom, to have the whole month off? Well, it, it's not so much my wife as much as there's a lot of stuff going on at work right now that I, I just won't get into too much. It's complicated. I get a new boss, uh, Monday, basically. So I've already scheduled the entire month of September off and hopefully that carries through with my new boss we'll, we'll we'll see it'll be a big time <laughs> uh, but awesome. and then also i might go to uh visit a friend of mine in new york in november and do some white-tailed deer hunting in november so that'd be yeah. kind of fun too okay, got usually it doesn't work out quite like this for me usually i'm hunting like the weekends and stuff so if i can get the entire month of september off i i just won't even know what to do with myself you know the, <laughs> It'll just be awesome. It'll be hard to live with, too. Yeah. That's all I'll talk about. And, you know, knowing me, what will happen is I'll go to Idaho, and I'll shoot the first cow that I see, and I'll be done in, like, a week. <laughs> like, dang. <laughs> when when are you boys headed to Oregon? Um, I don't remember. Probably. The, I think it was the first week of September. First week of September, I think. Yeah. It's what okay. worked out the best for us. Yeah, okay, my wife well, has a gotta... doe antelope tags. We're trying to fit it in between the cow elk hunt and the doe antelope hunt for her. So, well, hopefully, I can knock me down a jungle bull opening weekend out of my tree stand, and then I'll be running to the trap creeks. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> you do let us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely holler at you guys. So. Cool. Well, uh, sounds like you guys have got a busy uh, 
agenda for 2019. Fun. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So, real quick, Chris, before we get off here, I know we're taking a lot of time here, but uh, what's your setup? I know you guys uh, probably hooked up with Tom Klum and Joel up there in Colorado. What are you guys shooting this year? And you guys making any changes or anything? Yeah, so um, I uh, just so Tom always tells me I'm not very trad, but I, I, I don't care. I still think his butt on three D course. Um, so I, I'm, this year I'm shooting a uh, Hoyt Satori riser, and then I got a set of uh, Border Hex six point five limbs that I've been shooting for years on it. Um, although I am waiting any day now for the UPS man to show up with uh, for the brand new set of uh, Morrison Max six limbs. Um, if you couldn't tell, I'm kind of into the to the super curve uh, limbs. I, I just like the, the feel of them and like the speed on them. Um, one of our one of our uh, friends that we shoot with a lot, Matt Donovan, he uh, he had a set of the the, the Morrisons and I played around with his bow bow a bit and thought, you know, I haven't bought a new set of limbs in years. I I think I I think I owe myself a set. So hopefully those will show up. And depending on how getting those set up goes, I'll either hunt with those this year or the or the, or the porters I've been shooting. Have you have you shot those Uka 1000s? Um, I've I, I've drawn them back, um, but I've, I haven't played around them too much. No. Yeah, Joel Turner's got a set of those. I shot back in the day. They're pretty neat. They're like pure carbon, super hooks. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, and awesome. fact, what about they were, they were they were Joel's lens that I that, that I played around with here two years ago down in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What uh What about your arrow broadhead? Fletching setup. What's that look like for you this year? Yep. So I'm 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 the of the mindset that when I find an arrow that works, I just don't don't change it very often. So I've, I've been shooting just uh, plain old uh, Eastern Axis 340s um, for for years, and uh, they they just shoot well. I I, I put them with a, with a 1913 shaft up front, and they're just pretty yep. bombproof. Um, so I'll be shooting those, and I'll be shooting some steel force broadheads this year. Cuff, yeah, I shot I shot those shafts for ten ten years. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, they're not not super expensive, and yeah, they 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 work well over the years. I mean, there's there's probably better arrow choices out there, but uh, they're yeah, they rarely fail me. Yeah, traditional arrows are cool too. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tom, what about so you? What about you, Tom? I'm shooting the exact same thing. I'm shooting the poison my poison dart. Um, and yeah. the Eastern FMJs with the cutthroat. So it just nice. works. It shoots really well. I really like that bow a lot. Um, is that a two-piece? Yeah, that's that two-piece. Um, yeah. Just just in Colorado last week, I, I had a chance to shoot a little bit with Buddy Gould, and that's the first time I've actually met him. I talked with him on the phone a bit. But, yeah, he's just a really good dude. I had a really good time hanging out with him. And, um Shooting, shooting his bow. I, I, I love that bow. Yeah, he's got skills, so man. Before we get off, beautiful one. Oh yeah. Before we get off, we just go ahead and yeah. So speaking of buddy, one of the things, guys, that we wanted to touch on today, that um, um, as we as we ramp up and start um, open our web page up for for members to join. Um, we have a couple of really exciting things, and, and actually, that, that buddy cool segues a perfect one. 
Um, we, we have quite a few giveaways that we're going to be giving away this first uh, year for any members that, that join the, the organization. And uh, one of them was is that Buddy was, was uh, nice enough to donate um, basically a, a, a custom bow for us to start uh, help start, help start generating members. Um, so anybody that, that joins this first year is actually going to get a get a chance to win um, a, a, a custom bow from Buddy. So um, we we can't thank him enough. He's, he's just a just a great guy and, and he's really trying to, to promote the sport. Um, he didn't he didn't owe us a, a darn thing and, and went out of his way to to uh, give us that donation. So. Um, anybody that joins this first year is, is going to have an opportunity to, to get one of his bows. Um, it, it can even look just like Sir Thomas's if they want. <laughs> <laughs> you got a you have a way to keep uh, you guys have a way to keep track. I mean, you guys are going to open up and and start taking membership here soon. Is that the that's the case? Yep, yeah, yep, yep. The, that's the case. So so basically, everybody that joins as, as they uh, join, they'll get their their membership number. And uh, uh, basically, come January one is when we're going to cut that off. So for the first six months, um, and uh, we'll, we'll just draw a, a random membership number, and uh, that that person will will uh, get a get an opportunity to work with Buddy to get a bow bill. Well, hey, we, we would be. I'm sure Bob doesn't mind. We we would be willing to just donate some like a TradQuest hat and shirt if you want to give it away in the next uh, month or two when you start opening them up to try to promote membership. Uh, We'd, we'd share awesome. something here with to help out. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really all. That's yeah, really well, all we have to give. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's great. That's perfect. We'll we'll add it because because we have some really other cool some other cool items as well. Um, you know, Tom Clum uh, donated some some really nice arm guards with our logo on them. So those will also go in, into that for anybody that joins in that first six months. Um, Tom also donated um, a couple of his solid archery mechanics courses, which to, to me is cool. is amazing. Yeah, that's that's money right there. Those courses are outstanding. Yep. So, so, so Tom and I actually both went down and took the the shot aversion clinic here two year two years ago with Tom Clum and Joel Turner, and um, I mean it's it's helped both of our shooting um, immensely. immensely. Yeah, a bunch. So we we got a couple of those uh, that'll also go on that same uh, same uh, same raffle for anybody that joins, and then also too uh, we got a couple of subscriptions to, to Traditional Bowler Magazine. So we, we thank them as well for that because. Um, it's, a, it's a great magazine that I, I'm sure I, I would guess the majority of traditional bow hunters read. And yeah. It's been kind of a staple for a lot of us for a lot of years. Heck yeah! Yeah, That's you guys awesome. are light, lighting the you guys are lighting the traditional bow hunting fire up in Nevada. It is awesome. I hope uh, <laughs> everyone that's listening is gonna. Uh, if you guys uh, live in Nevada, or I mean, just want to support these guys, uh, you know, definitely uh, sign up and. If you guys don't have an organization in your own state, like they're saying, uh, talk to these guys. Uh, fire one up because uh, it's it's going to help uh, the big picture for everybody. Yeah, yeah, and and again, you know, if, if guys want to want to do it, to feel free to, to to reach out to us through through the webpage is probably the easiest way. I, I think my phone number is on there, but there's also a way to submit some some questions. Or we're happy to help. And again, we're it's 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 not that hard to do. All you got to do is be motivated and. You can figure it out in your own state and um, just just get it started. I mean, the the, the more orgs that there are out there uh, at the state level, the more chance there is that there's going to be some of these traditional only hunts, and it just gives us all more opportunity to get out and do the thing that we love, which is fling arrows. Yeah. Heck Absolutely. yeah, man! You guys, you guys are awesome. Thanks for taking your busy time out. I know you guys were gone last weekend, and so we really appreciate you guys getting on here and. Again, if uh, any of our listeners go to 
traditional archers of Nevada and yep. get on there, sign up. You can win a sweet poison dart bow or maybe a sweet Trag Quest hat and shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of other good stuff and you're helping support some guys that are out there fighting to make bow hunting better just like us so we appreciate it you guys and that's that's why we do this podcast also i mean just for the same reason you guys are starting that that's why we started this and uh to see you guys you know that just like you said the growth in traditional archery and everything that's going on and guys uh fighting for some of these hunts and more opportunities and other states it's just keeps us going too so we appreciate it yeah and something i'd like to something i'd like to add here bob uh like traditional archers of oregon if you guys have a state organization you might find that they're being run by some older guys and those guys need help and like uh our our local organization here uh finally us young guys uh got involved in and uh it's really growing our organization. So if you guys have a small organization in your state and, and you're, um, you know, being run by just a few people, jump in there and, and pump it up, get involved. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And, and a lot of those, you know, older guys in some of these organizations, you know, they've been, they've been fighting the fight for 30 years, you know, and they're kind of yeah. beat down and, and, yeah. and you they know, need not help. to their fault. I mean, timing is everything. And I think, timing right now in the bow hunting community you know i mean we had jim willems on the you know the president of pope and young and and the idea of these trad hunts 15 20 years ago everybody would freak out you know the idea of them now it's just a different it's a different time you know like i don't Mm -hmm. you know the technology has gone so far or limitations you know there's a lot of reasons but you know, I, I think timing is everything, and, and the time is now. So get involved. Yeah, we're getting you know, support take, take from, our, our, from our local archers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the and, compound and, you know, community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to that, you know, I, I, I've i never had an Instagram account or anything like that until we started really talking about doing this, and they were like, you got to get an Instagram account. I'm like, well, I don't even know what that is, right? <laughs> and so they yeah. talk me into it. Instagram account and so you know we've got an Instagram account and all kinds of different stuff and and just the 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 way social media works nowadays you know just through this podcast social media we can reach so many more people than you could have just five ten years ago and a lot of the the folks that have been doing this for a long time they really don't know about those outlets so yeah you know just get involved and and you know Try to make bow hunting better. That's what we're all doing. Once again, we'd like to thank the listeners. Don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. You guys want to win some sweet, awesome traditional archery gear? Sign up for Patreon. Go to trackquest.com. Don't forget to leave us a review. Keep the wind in your face. Pick a spot. And shoot straight.